Hey everyone and welcome into the Blake Show Lakers podcast, the show that covers all things purple and gold. Today we are going to recap the Lakers' dominant win over the New Orleans Pelicans in the in-season tournament semifinals. Preview the Pacers game happening uh, tomorrow. We're recording this Friday afternoon, so it'll be tomorrow night, Saturday, December 9th. Lots to get into here. Let's talk some Lakers. Alrighty, so a 44-point win for the Lakers. They were two-point favorites on FanDuel to win this game. And I made a uh, best bets video earlier in the day that was on Bleacher Report and was on my social media accounts. And I said that I thought the Lakers were the better team playing in simple to the Pelicans and that minus two was a good number. But obviously, I nor I think anybody <laughs> saw this level of a beatdown coming where the Lakers just from the tip just completely dominated the game zapped all of the energy out of the Pelicans and by halftime really the game was over and this guy right here that you're seeing in this picture on NBA.com LeBron James I mean what a game we'll start by looking at the Lakers box score just to go through it here and kind of see numbers wise from an individual player standpoint how things look then we'll look at the team numbers and and sort of recap what happened here and if we look at LeBron James here in 22 minutes, 30 points, a plus 36, eight assists, five rebounds. I mean, four for four from three, hit that logo three and and that string of plays that it's so crazy because the in-season tournament happening in Las Vegas, it's just tailor-made for the Lakers because it's Laker home games. I mean, Vegas is a Laker city. It's a five-hour drive from LA and, you know, lots of... uh Laker fans in the building and you could just hear the roof just come off the place after every one of those long shots that LeBron was hitting, but it wasn't just his shooting from the outside. He was driving to the basket at will and really moving just in a way that just made everybody on the broadcast team, everybody on Twitter, everybody watching the game just in complete awe because he was really good last season and he was really good in the playoffs, but he was hurt. In this version of LeBron James that you saw last night, he's at another level even than what we saw from him in the postseason um, last year. And that's really what takes the ceiling of this Laker team to a whole other level. Because if you're getting LeBron James and forget that he's in his 21st season, forget you know that he's nearing 40 years old, like forget all of that stuff. And just look at the way that he's playing on the floor. You're getting like the LeBron James of like five or six years ago still, and even before that when he looks like like he did last night. And if you have him, then you have Anthony Davis, who, regardless of how he is on the offensive end of the court, is the defensive player of the year, is the best defensive player in basketball, completely mucks up any team's offense that he's playing against. Then you add in the wing depth that this Laker team has now that they're healthy with Cam Reddish and Prince and Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura. And this Laker team is an extremely tough out for any opponent. And they're only going to keep getting better because... This is a team that got thrown together at the trade deadline, added some more key pieces over the summer. And if they can stay healthy, that's really the key. They they really need, you know, of course, LeBron AD, but they they need most of their wing depth as well to stay as healthy as possible just so they can learn how to play together. D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves, you kind of know what you're getting out of them. But, uh, I mean, wow, just, just a really complete form- performance from the Lakers last night. And... LeBron James just does not want to, you know, listen to father time at all. And 
you know, who's, who's stopping him. I mean, I just think it's, it's really funny too, because even, even, you know, LeBron and then just the Lakers performance as a whole, and we'll get more to the team numbers here in a little bit, but the broadcast team, Candace Parker, she said at one point, she said, let's hope that for the Lakers, what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas because the Lakers shot the ball so well last night that it, it just, it threw everything that you have said about this team and that I have said about this team, even on our last show that we did uh, a couple days ago about how much the offense is struggling. You just throw that all out the window with the performance like last night where you can see that like the way that this team is shooting on the season is not emblematic of how good their shooters are, whether it be, you know, a Cam Reddish, LeBron, obviously Torian Prince, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, like these guys are going to come up to more of a median at some point with their percentages. And, you know, last night might, might be an outlier in terms of how dominant they were, but it just shows you that's what this Laker team is capable of. And you didn't even get a, you know, heroic offensive performance from Anthony Davis. If we look at him here, five for 10, um, 16 points, the 15 rebounds. I mean, again, some people will will look at will look at that, and there were people in the national media last night that were getting on AD, and that's ridiculous in my opinion. The team won by forty four points, and um, you know Anthony Davis as well. You know he plays thirty one minutes. Obviously, would have been a lot closer uh, to the forty four mark if uh, you know, or, or forty five or upwards of it's closer to forty eight if the game was close. So his his impact on the game it goes way beyond scoring. You can never just look at his at his box office uh excuse me his uh his uh, his box score numbers and be like oh anthony davis had a great game or or a poor game or you have to look at how he you have to watch the game and look at how he impacts the game mainly on the defensive side of the court because that is really what makes him um a a truly unique talent in the game because even guys like Jokic and joel and b they don't dominate on the defensive end like anthony davis does so Anthony Davis, strong showing from him. You got what you needed out of him to blow the Pelicans out. Cam Reddish, three of six, one for two, nine points, great defense, five rebounds, two assists, doing a little bit of everything. We know Cam can shoot. He can play great defense. Torian Prince really had a, a uh, an outbreak game where he started the season shooting hot, then that has dipped off in the last few weeks, and Laker fans are getting impatient with him. You saw what he's capable, capable of last night, shooting almost 63% from three, five of eight from the three-point line, 15 points. Um, just a guy who, especially when LeBron is just playing that well downhill and the whole defense is, is going to collapse onto him, the ability to kick it out to Torian Prince and for him to be able to make those shots in the starting lineup is just incredible. Uh, and again, another thing that raises the ceiling of this Laker team. Speaking of which, we talked about this in the preseason. We talked about this uh, all offseason long. And then even when the season started with that Nuggets game and, and he's had some highs and lows, of course, no pun intended. That's D'Angelo Russell, who in this one, in 21 minutes, who again, his numbers would be higher if he if the game was actually close. In 21 minutes, six for 10, two of five from three, the three rebounds, the uh, uh, j just, just the one assist, the 14 points. The one thing with, with D'Lo is the turnovers. I mean, he did have four turnovers. And in the first quarter, when the, the, the quarter that the Pelicans won, um, D'Angelo Russell had a couple a couple turnovers that that were tough where he's just trying to force passes and things. And D'Angelo Russell is an inconsistent player. It's just what it is. It's just sort of um, where we are in the NBA season, in, in, the, in the NBA career of D'Angelo Russell to know that 
this is what you're going to get from him. And, um, you know, he is a guy that I think, and people in the media and in the Lakers media are talking more and more about it. I think he's going to be a prime candidate to be traded. I don't think that the Lakers need him to tell you the truth when, you know, Austin Rees and, and we'll go down to him off the bench and 17 points, five of nine shooting three of six from deep in 23 minutes, like seven assists, uh, five rebounds. Like that's the Austin that we saw in the playoffs. And we know that that's the level that Austin can play at. And if he's playing at that level, I mean, you're better off if you're the Lakers probably looking to turn D'Lo and then one of your wings, because not all these wings are going to play, especially when you get to the playoffs. So maybe turning D'Lo and one of your wings into, I think this team really needs another big, um, really to play against Denver. If, if that's really what you're looking at, if you're the Lakers, the more that we see this team play in the preseason, I predicted this team would win over 50 games. I think the way that LeBron and AD are playing and the health that they are at, that the fact that they haven't really missed any time at all, I think this Laker team definitely is going to win over 50 games. They're going to be in the top four, I would say, of the Western Conference. And I think it's really going to be Lakers and Denver again, unless Denver gets upset. But as long as this team stays healthy and keeps getting better from the point that they're at right now, I think it's the Lakers and Denver and everybody else. And I know that Minnesota is off to a hot start this season. Oklahoma City's off to a good start. I think you're going to see those teams uh, mellow out a little bit as the season goes on. I really think in the West, it's it's a two-team race, and that's what I think you're going to see the Lakers do when the trade deadline comes around. They're going to look at it and say, okay, you know, how do we need to beat Denver? And you know what? Let's say that Minnesota just shocks people and keeps playing like this. Well, you need bigs to play with them too, with Gobert and Towns and, you know, the crew that they have. And, uh, um, you know, I think that the way that this roster was constructed a guy like Jackson Hayes is somebody that, that you would think that you would want more out of. And, and Darvin Ham isn't really going to him as much, especially in like tight games. You can tell that trust isn't there. Christian Wood as well. Um, only played eight minutes in this game. And I just don't know other than Anthony Davis, like you need like another center um, to defend and, and, and to hold his own in the paint on the offensive end. I think for this Lakers team to win a championship. And I think that that's really what we're looking at. Um, a lot of people were overreacting the last couple of weeks to the Lakers struggles. And there are some people in the media and then, and they talk and it's like, I don't know, like, do you even watch, are you even like following the team other than just watching them when they're on TNT uh, a couple times a week or once a week, because like, or ESPN or whatever national TV game they're on. Because this team hasn't been healthy. And if you listen into what LeBron James has been saying and the whole team has been saying, and even Darvin Ham, it's impossible to judge this team because they haven't been together. And last night was the healthiest they've been all season. And you saw when they're at their peak, what they can play like. Um, so super encouraging stuff. Just looking at the, at the box score. Uh, I'll go into a couple other guys here. Jared Vanderbilt. One of two shooting um, 14 and a half minutes, but with, with Vando, you're looking at the defense and again, completely changes the complexion of this Lakers team and, and the second unit. Max Christie, three of five shooting. We've seen what he can do when the other wings were injured. And I think that Max is a guy that might be the odd man out in terms of getting minutes, but he's developing nicely. Um, Rui Hachimura had a nice game here, 12 points. Five of nine shooting. You just need his efficiency to go back up as he's getting healthy, uh, playing through that uh, that broken nose with the mask on. Um, again, we talked about Jackson Hayes a little bit. 
I just don't know um, that he is sort of what you hoped he would be, which is fine because he's on a cheap contract. And, you know, I think that he can help you in spots and he's going to uh, run the floor and everything. But I don't think that Jackson Hayes is the JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard level sort of other big that the Lakers were hoping he would be next to Anthony Davis. And I think, again, that's why you're going to see the Lakers look for that in the trade market in a few months. Christian Wood, another guy who has been up and down this season and uh, just just struggling to to find a role. I think um, he can play well in spurts, and he has throughout the season at different points, but um, I just don't know defensively with how versatile this Lakers team is with all the guys that are above him up here, um, especially on the wing. You're not going to put him down low and like put him in when Anthony Davis is out to be your your center against like Denver uh, or the Timberwolves or Milwaukee or, or the 76ers. Like you're not going to do that because those teams are too big. So I think that, again, clear need that I see the Lakers having. And if you can get Austin Reese to just continue to get his legs back under him, continue to get to his postseason form that he was at last year, I think you're going to come into a situation where D'Lo, to no fault of his own because he's playing well, um, I just think D'Lo is what he is. He's inconsistent. He has games where he's playing well. He has games where he's inefficient. And, um, you know, I will say about D'Lo, the one thing that has improved a lot, I think, is the defensive effort. We saw that in the preseason and and heard him talk about that. That's something that has just continued as we have progressed into the regular season here. So um, I really do think that you're going to see this Laker team make a trade for another big. I think that it's going to become more and more apparent to them as the season wears on that that's what they need. Um, but obviously that wasn't a problem in this game against the Pelicans. And if we look at what the Lakers defense was able to do in this game, I mean, to hold a uh, Brandon Ingram to four of 13 shooting at nine points, Zion 13 points, six of eight, but this has more to do with Zion individually and not the Lakers. And we saw report came out today that essentially said the Pelicans have tried to get on him about his uh, playing shape and that he doesn't want to listen. And, that has more to do with him than the Lakers. He just doesn't assert himself in the way that you thought he might in this game and sort of where he is in his career. I think uh, as a former number one pick and how good he was at Duke, you would expect him to be a little further along at this point in his career. I know he's been injured and stuff, but um, definitely hurts this Pelicans team and their ceiling because you really need Brandon Ingram, Zion and CJ McCollum to be your, your three superstars there. And Brandon Ingram is struggling. Zion isn't, isn't really asserting himself. And then CJ is four or 14. Like, I, I don't know what you do. And that's what happens is why you lose by 40. And um, again, big credit though, to the Lakers wings to hold CJ McCollum to four or 14, Brandon Ingram to four of 13. Um, that's big time stuff. And then even a guy like Herb Jones, who's a really good role player for them, four of 10, um, Trey Murphy, five of 13, like, these are all things that are that are big uh, uh, signs of encouragement for the Lakers and for their defensive abilities. But now that we've kind of looked at the individual stats, I want to look at the team stats here, um, kind of look at what happened here. And of course, we know what happened with the score, rebounding. Anthony Davis really alone just controlled the, the paint in this game. Assists, Lakers were making a lot of shots. Um, the Pelicans had more steals, had more blocks. A lot of this was in the first quarter when D'Lo, you know, D'Lo had four turnovers for the game and had a, a few of those in, in the first quarter. Um, and we, we see this here with the Lakers, 14 turnovers. And that's something, again, 
I think, especially with D'Angelo Russell, I just don't know that you can count on him at this point um, to be consistent every night, which when you're in a seven game series against a Denver, you cannot have, you know, 15 turnovers. You can't got to keep it to 10 or less. If you're playing against, um, you know, anybody from the East in the finals or Minnesota um, or, you know, whoever else in the Western conference that emerges like, uh, I, I don't really see the Pelicans as being like an upper echelon Western conference team, not the way that Zion is looking. Um, so it's fine when you're playing against the Pelicans, but that's something that this team needs to clean up. And I think that you're just going to have to look and see what you can get. I think that the target needs to be another big, maybe you get that through the buyout market. We'll see, you know, who sort of is out there at that point in the season. Um, but then, you know, Alex Caruso is a guy who I know Laker fans would love to have back. I just think you need a point guard or another guard other than Austin Reeves. You can count on to just not turn the ball over and play hard and play good defense every night. And I think that D'Lo is just up and down in, in that category. Some games he's amazing and some games he's not. And you can't really rely on that if you're trying to win a championship, in my opinion. Um, the shooting, again, this is a game where the Lakers regress to the mean. 54%, almost 55 from the field. 48, almost 49 from three, 76 from the free throw line, uh, 52 to 46 points in the paint. Um, second chance points. That's something that hurt the Lakers in the first quarter. They sort of cleaned up in the second quarter on uh, fast break points. LeBron James, just unbelievable downhill player. Um, and so this was, you know, in season tournament semifinal game. Uh, it did count for the Lakers record and the Lakers now in fourth and a half game behind OKC at the two spot, uh, only, uh, you know, as well for Denver at, at three, at the three spot here, Minnesota above the pack. Again, I don't know that this is sustainable to win five in a row, be eight and two. I mean, they're just playing out of their, out of their minds. And we saw Utah start the season really hot last year. Obviously they weren't that good, but they were in the top half of the Western conference standings. And then they like fizzled out. I'm not saying that Minnesota is Utah. Anthony Edwards is a superstar. looks like they're kind of figuring out the go bear and towns thing. Um, but I just don't know that that is sustainable. I think you're looking at a world here realistically, again, sort of like I predicted in the preseason where you're going to have the nuggets up here. You're going to have the Lakers up here. And then I think Minnesota and OKC could definitely be in the top five, but they're two young teams and they haven't done it before. They haven't shown that they can do it for a whole season. So we'll see there. Uh, Dallas Mavericks. They don't play any defense. The Kings have been a little underwhelming. The Suns can't stay healthy. Uh, Zion is, is ghosting the Pelicans. The Clippers are a joke. The Houston Rockets cannot win away from Houston. Um, so they're not really anything to be concerned about. I mean, I really think in the Western conference, I don't, I don't think that it's as deep as maybe some people thought it would be before the season started, at least the way that things are going, of course, trades, injuries, things can change that, but it's shaping up to, to work in the Lakers favor, especially when you look at how good they are when they have their, their whole roster healthy, which we saw last night. Um, if we look at who the Lakers are playing in the final, of course, they are playing the 12 and eight Indiana Pacers. Uh, this game's not going to count um, for the regular season total. This will be game 83. So this will be, you know, the, the extra game of the season that the Lakers and Pacers will play. However, I do think intensity wise with LeBron James, you could tell he really wants to win this uh, trophy and be the first person to add it to his legacy to win this in season tournament. Who knows in 20 years, sort of what that will be like, what, what the conversation will be around, um, you know, what that means to a player's legacy. Who knows? Maybe it fizzles out, but 
the way that the in-season tournament has looked in its first year, I mean, it's been a joy to watch and the intensity is so high. You're watching playoff basketball in December. I mean, that's pretty sweet. We usually have to wait till Christmas day to see some good basketball um, to get that on, you know, December 7th is pretty, pretty awesome. Um, but looking ahead to Lakers Pacers, which is happening Saturday night, again, recording this Friday afternoon. So we'll be tomorrow night. Um, Lakers, as you can see here, favored by two and a half points on FanDuel. And I think, again, uh, this is a, a good line to back. Um, I would even be comfortable taking Lakers money line here. Um, I just don't think that this guy on the screen is going to let the Lakers lose. I think that he really, really wants this trophy. And similarly to the Pelicans, I mean, Pacers, a young team that's playing some good basketball as of late, but I just think this Laker team when they're healthy, which they are, is it a tier above that? I mean, I think if we look at sort of the top tier of the NBA, of course you have Boston and Milwaukee, and then I think it's Denver and the Lakers. And I think that's really like your, your top a one tier. And I think just below that, you know, you have Philly, you have the Miami heat, uh, you have the Knicks throw the Pacers in there. Uh, the magic are playing well to start the season. Um, you know, uh, Minnesota, OKC, two young teams. We'll see if they can prove it throughout the rest of the season. But I really think that uh, the Lakers are in a tier that the Pacers are not. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers defend Tyrese Halliburton, who they throw out to defend him. Um, I don't worry about that as much because of the Lakers wing depth that they have defensively. The Bucks, their defense is a big problem. And I did pick the Bucks to win the championship before the season. I did say... Uh, in that video that I made for Bleacher Report, where I did pick the Bucks to win it all after they made the Damian Lillard trade, that defense would be the thing that would kill them um, if they were to not win a championship. And that's what you're seeing so far. Um, we'll see if they address that at the trade deadline, uh, if they can get somebody in the buyout market, if they can, you know, figure something out, maybe just get better internally. But, and part of that too, Damian Lillard is still learning how to play in that system. Um, but, you know, what I'm trying to say is that I think in terms of matchups, the Lakers is an entirely different animal for the Pacers to handle. Um, and then, of course, you have the question of, OK, Miles Turner is going to guard Anthony Davis. I think, again, a matchup that AD should be able to exploit. I know Miles Turner is playing great as of late and Anthony Davis is going to have to be on his A game. But I think uh, he'll play well enough, just like he did in the Pelicans game. Um just as a, as a supporting piece around LeBron. And that's the other thing that, that we should talk about briefly here is that all the talk before the season about this needing to be Anthony Davis's team and everything like that. It's just not happening. LeBron is, is still the best player. He's playing like the best player in the world right now. Um, and, and that's just is what it is. So we just got to speak facts and say that Anthony Davis take the good with the bad. You always know what you're going to get from him on the defensive end of the court. And if you get LeBron James to play like this and you have your wing depth uh, laid out like it is, and then you get Gabe Vincent back healthy to sort of bolster that guard rotation, which could be a solve uh, if you do move off of D'Angelo Russell and bring in another big um, for him and, 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 and Austin Reeves, you know, you could be set there. So we'll see. Um, I am expecting a Lakers win tomorrow. I will also have uh, content on my social feeds about best bets for that Lakers Pacers game. So stay tuned for that. Uh, thank you so much for watching today's show, and I will see you next time.